Hi, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the June 2nd episode of the podcast Catechism of Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1200 through 1206 of the Catechism. Article 2. Liturgical diversity and the unity of the mystery. Liturgical traditions and the Catholicity of the Church. 1200. From the first community of Jerusalem until the Parousia, it is the same Paschal mystery that the churches of God, faithful to the apostolic faith, celebrate in every place. The mystery celebrated in the liturgy is one, but the forms of its celebration are diverse. 1201. The mystery of Christ is so unfathomably rich that it cannot be exhausted by the expression in any single liturgical tradition. The history of the blossoming and development of these rites witness to a remarkable complementarity. When the churches lived their respective liturgical traditions in the communion of the faith and the sacraments of the faith, they enriched one another and grew in fidelity to tradition and to the common mission of the whole church. 1202. The diverse liturgical traditions have arisen by the very reason of the church's mission. Churches of the same geographical and cultural area came to celebrate the mystery of Christ through particular expressions characterised by the culture. In the tradition of the deposit of faith, in liturgical symbolism, in the organisation of fraternal communion, in the theological understanding of the mysteries and in various forms of holiness. Through the liturgical life of a local church, Christ, the light and salvation of all peoples, is made manifest to the particular people and culture to which all the church is sent and in which she is rooted. The church is Catholic, capable of integrating into her unity while purifying them, all the authentic riches of cultures. 1203. The liturgical traditions, or rites presently in use in the Church, are the Latin, principally the Roman rite, but also the rites of certain local churches, such as the Ambrosian rite, or those of certain religious orders, and the Byzantine, Alexandrian or Coptic, Syriac, Armenian, Maronite and Chaldean rites. In faithful obedience to tradition, the Sacred Council declares that Holy Mother Church holds all lawfully recognised rites to be of equal right and dignity and that she wishes to preserve them in the future and foster them in every way. 1204. Liturgy and Culture. The celebration of the liturgy, therefore, should correspond to the genius and culture of different peoples, in order that the mystery of Christ may be made known to all the nations, to bring about the obedience of faith. It must be proclaimed, celebrated and lived in all cultures, in such a way that they themselves are not abolished by it, but redeemed and fulfilled. It is with and through their own human culture, assumed and transfigured by Christ, 
that the multitude of God's children has access to the Father in order to glorify him in the one spirit. 12.05 In the liturgy, above all, that of the sacraments, there is an immutable part, a part that is divinely instituted and of which the church is the guardian and parts that can be changed which the church has the power and on occasion also the duty to adapt to the cultures of recently evangelised peoples. 1206. Liturgical diversity can be a source of enrichment, but it can also provoke tensions, mutual misunderstandings and even schisms. In this matter, it is clear that diversity must not damage unity. It must express only fidelity to the common faith, to the sacramental signs that the Church has received from Christ, and to hierarchical communion. Cultural adaptation also requires a conversion of heart, and even when necessary, a breaking with ancestral customs incompatible with the faith. Very well, so this section today is looking at the different... Um, I suppose liturgical diversity. Part of the problem dealing with liturgical diversity is that in the Catholic Church, one particular rite, the Roman rite, has swamped everything else. So probably in the high 90s, 97-98% of Catholics worship in the Roman rite. But the Church has many other rites, many other liturgical traditions. It's just that for whatever reason of history between the Orthodox Churches breaking from communion with the Catholic Church and the other, um, and uh, for other, the missionary work that was done by the European Church meant that the Latin Rite became the Rite that is to be found in uh, not just Europe where it was born, but um, also in other places like in Asia, like in Latin America, like in North America, um, Australia, you know, many different countries have the Rite that belongs to Europe and this has been adopted by many peoples. and um, But the church contains other rites as well. That there are Catholics who are fully Catholic. Um, I think Ukraine has the biggest number of them in one single place. Um, also the US has many small uh, parishes belonging to different Catholics, different Catholic rites. Um, but you can find them Armenian rites, you can find Coptic rites, you can find many different, the Maronites in Lebanon or another group of them. Um, th these are people who are celebrating the same mystery with the same faith, are celebrating the same seven sacraments, but in a very different way. That is uh, a way that has been refined over centuries. Over many centuries they've come to celebrate the liturgy in a particular way, and it is just as good as the way the liturgy is celebrated by the majority of Catholics, which is in the Roman right, and in, sen in a sense they complement each other. In other words, um, don't want to call them regular Catholics because that would mean that the others aren't regular, but uh, Latin right Catholics can learn a lot from Byzantine right or Coptic right or Alexandrian right or whatever the right may be, and vice versa, they can learn a lot from the, from the Latin right as well. So there is a um, communion, and this is, I suppose, a number of things are, are important here that we're being told. First of all, is communion is the most important thing. People can be celebrating in very different ways, but if they're in communion with each other, 
then it's okay. And especially in the Catholic Church, the figure of this communion is the um, is the Pope. The Pope is the figure of this communion, and anybody in communion with the Pope is Catholic, regardless of whatever rite they're using. Um, and that this is something that uh, that we can you know that we can uh, rejoice in, that we can learn from each other. And then I suppose the thing is that the Church, um, as she evangelizes, can even develop new rites. Um, and this is something the Church can do, but always knowing that, um, yes, the Church can express herself in different cultures, but that all cultures need to be purified by Christianity. So that if you're in a place, you know, so that... You, you can't say, well, I'm in a region where uh, polygamy, where men have many wives. Therefore, here we're going to change the sacrament of marriage and we're going to allow a, a husband to have 17 wives instead of one. We can't do that because that goes against the faith. If, however, you're evangelizing in a new country and you see that uh, we have to translate the liturgy into a different language or we have to adopt a new style of singing or something like that, that's fine. But um, the cultures, we can't accept the cultures as they are. And then the other thing is we have to give precedence to the reality of the incarnation. So that some people would say, well, Jesus used bread and wine because he was born in Israel and he was did his ministry and his work in Israel. If he had been born in uh, Japan, he'd have used sake and rice. And that could well be true. If Jesus had been born in Japan, he might have used sake and rice. But, historically, he wasn't born in Japan, he was born in Israel. And that's why the Church has to keep this nucleus, this common core to all the sacraments, that is common throughout all the rites, and is very important. And we can't go changing things willy-nilly to suit a culture, but uh, the, the faith must transform this culture. And yes, we can, uh, we can adapt, we can adopt certain cultural norms, certain cultural, uh, you know, that... Um, we can change things. We can definitely change things. I mean, uh, in the Second Vatican Council, one of the things they were talking about with culture was, I believe, the Chinese Catholics, when they came to Vatican II, they were saying that in the West they use black for the funeral masses. They use black as a sign of mourning, whereas in um, in China, black is a, a symbol of uh, rejo rejoicing and white is a symbol of mourning. And so they got permission to switch the colors. Then in the West, we went and we ditched the black ourselves, and now we just use purple or white for uh, for funeral masses. But anyway, that's another another um, rabbit hole I don't want to go down. But this uh, section again, just inviting us to see that there is a unity and there is a diversity in the liturgy. If there is communion, if there is communion with the Bishop of Rome, and if there is. Um, this uh, commonality there, that's fine. Um, and then we have to respect the faith as well. And if anything, we can learn a lot from these other liturgical rites. We can learn a lot from um, from what they're um, what they what they show us. And uh, so, so more or less, this is where we are today. I'll just this was actually just a full section all in itself. So I'll read the in brief before we we conclude. In brief, twelve o seven. It is fitting that liturgical celebrations tends to express itself in the culture of the people where the church finds herself, though without being submissive to it. Moreover, the liturgy itself generates cultures and shapes them. 
1208. The diverse liturgical traditions or rites, legitimately recognised, manifest the Catholicity of the Church because they signify and communicate the same mystery of Christ. 1209. The criterion that assures unity amid the diversity of liturgical traditions is fidelity to the apostolic tradition, that is, the communion of the faith and the sacraments received from the apostles, a communion that is both signified and guaranteed by apostolic tradition. Very well, so tomorrow we'll continue, and tomorrow we're going to look at numbers 1210 through 1211. God bless.